Well, good morning. My name is Mark Pope. I'm the director of Teen Challenge in London. And thank you so much for inviting us to come and share our stories like Billy's with you this morning. Billy is a graduate of Teen Challenge from uh, a few years ago. And in fact, is coming to speak in our chapel this week uh, as well. And so he's graduate of his stories of what God does through Teen Challenge. I brought three gentlemen with me this morning, and they're going to all share a bit of their story with you this morning. We have Paul, Cole, and Doug. And all three gentlemen at one point this morning are going to come and share what God has begun in their life through Teen Challenge and uh, what God continues to do in their life. Another gentleman of Teen Challenge that's familiar to many of you, and many of you who have asked on the way in is uh, Roberto. Who knows Roberto Wilman? A few of you know Roberto. Uh, before coming to Teen Challenge, he spent some time through this church, lived with your pastor for a period of time, and he graduated uh, the program, and uh, he stayed on with us doing a what we call a phase four. So students who graduate Teen Challenge can stay on for an extra uh, up to one year, and they still have accountability and mentorship, and some, but they're given some responsibilities work-wise uh, around the center. And so Roberto right now is doing his phase four. He just completed his sixth month of doing that. And now he's on a break back to Manitoba, spending time with his family uh, from Christmas time, and he's due back uh, next week. So otherwise, he would have been here with us this morning and sharing with you. And uh, in fact, this morning, this home church in uh, Manitoba, he's being water baptized uh, this morning. So a special day for Roberto. And so we'll send Roberto's regards to you, and I'll be sure to tell him that we came to visit his family here in Leamington. So uh, again, thank you so much for inviting us to come and share. John 10.10 tells us that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And we see the enemy do this very well through the work of addiction. Because through addiction, we we see that the enemy, he does steal. He steals dads from daughters and sons from mothers and wives from husbands and husbands from, from wives. He steals relationships. The enemy steals hope. In addiction, there simply is no hope. There's no hope of recovery. There's no hope of getting out of the addiction. There's no hope of getting family back. There's no hope of whatever's been taken getting back. And the enemy steals hope through addiction. We know that through addiction, the enemy destroys. As I mentioned, he destroys relationships. He destroys families. He destroys careers, jobs. He destroys futures through addiction. And sadly, lastly, we know that addiction kills. Worldwide this morning, there are 246 million people who identify as having a substance abuse problem. Another 400 million people who identify as of using alcohol in excess, abusing alcohol. And population-wise, this population, this group of people that are caught up in addiction represent the third largest country in the world. If they were a country, it would be the third largest country in the world, population-wise. of these people lost in addiction where they've lost hope, where things have been destroyed, we know that every minute, seven people die in their addiction worldwide. Seven people every minute. Addiction affects the rich, affects the poor. Addiction affects those in large urban centers like Toronto and Montreal and Vancouver. But addiction also affects those in small little rural towns and, and communities like Leamington. Addiction affects those outside of the church walls, those who would say they're atheistic or agnostic, have no belief in, in, in God, have never stepped in foot, uh, a foot inside the church. But addiction also affects those within the four walls of the church building. 
And in fact, in this church this morning, I don't know you, uh, but I'm convinced that there is at least one family and likely more that are touched by addiction in your own family. Maybe you yourself are struggling with an addiction of some sort, maybe substance abuse or otherwise. Perhaps you've lived it in your past and overcome it. Or perhaps you have a family member in your life who's currently walking through the grips of addiction. And you know the pain of a family member walking alongside of someone that you love and care about deeply, lost in addiction. And so addiction affects us all. And although these stats are daunting and although this is troubling, we're here to tell you this morning the story doesn't end there, that there is hope. Even though the, those that are lost in addiction feel hopeless in the moment, we're here to tell you there is hope. If you feel hopeless this morning, please know there is hope. If you have a family member who is struggling with addiction and has been going on for years and years and years, don't give up hope. There is hope. And I brought three examples out this morning. They're going to come share in a moment the hope that there is found in Jesus Christ and what God can do to those that are lost and caught up in the bondage of addiction. So before they come this morning, very quickly, what is Teen Challenge? Teen Challenge is a 12-month residential drug and alcohol rehab program for men and women 18 and over. The name Teen Challenge kind of confuses some people. They think it's for teenagers. Uh, we are here in Canada 18 and over. We are part of a worldwide network. We can skip ahead a couple of slides there. Gentlemen, there we go. We are part of a worldwide network of over 1,400 Teen Challenge programs in 120 countries in the world. It started in New York City in 1958, and it was at that time for teenagers. If you've read the book, The Cross and the Switchblade, or you saw the movie, that's kind of the origins of Teen Challenge. And it was for teenagers, and today it's just exploded 60 years later where we have 1,400 centers. Here in Canada, we have a network of, of 15 Teen Challenges. Teen Challenge Canada uh, operates nine of those, oversees nine of those centers. A few of those are growing. We represent the London Teen Challenge. We are a 52-bed center for men 18 and over. We also have uh, female centers in Canada. This morning we're speaking about the male center. If you are a female or have a female in your life who needs Teen Challenge, uh, please do see us at the table. We have some literature and some information and contact info for you to pass along there. And our female center is located uh, right now in Aurora. And uh, we're uh, hopefully in the next few months, we'll have some students in our newest female center in St. John's, Newfoundland, where they started the center there. And we have another female center opening up in Saskatchewan, uh, hopefully by the end of the year as well. So there is hope uh, for anyone here this morning. So as I mentioned, we are a one-year program. We are a highly structured program. It's not easy. Uh, it's a very challenging program. The challenge part is aptly named because there's a lot of challenges in Teen Challenge. It's highly structured. The guys have uh, half their day or one, one day uh, of their, a couple days a week is spent in what's called work therapy where they're given a work assignment, be it janitorial, be it in the kitchen, be it at our thrift store. We have a thrift store offsite where they help with the retail part of that. Uh, all sorts of things work-wise or they're working in a work environment. A couple other days they're working on what's called spiritual formation where they're learning what God says about them, what God says about addiction, what God says about recovery. A lot of these guys that come to our program have labels that they wear. And through spiritual formation, they, they learn what God says who they are, that they're not junk, they're not worthless, they're not garbage, they're not unlovable, but God puts labels on them that they are worthy, that they're, they're, they're forgiven, that there is hope that they're the apple of his eye, that they're redeemed, that they are holy. And so spiritual formation is a big part of the journey in Teen Challenge. We have chapel uh, during the week, which I mentioned earlier. Billy from the stories coming to share in chapel. So spiritual formation is a big part of the journey. We have addictions counseling, where they meet with their addictions counselor once a week for an hour. They also have group counseling, all sorts of things for their program. 
And on Sundays, we travel around and we get to share stories of transformation, change, and hope. And one of those gentlemen coming this morning to share his story with you is Paul. Please welcome Paul as he comes this morning. Oh, I love that picture. Good morning, people. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, my name's Paul. Um, I'm 42 years old. I grew up in southern Ontario um, in a farming community. Um, different than here, but um, my story kind of goes like this. I have two parents that love me um, very, very deeply, and they try to create the best home that they could possibly provide for me. Uh, both my parents came from uh, households of poverty and abuse. Um, and of course, from that time period, things like that was uh, kept hush-hush and was never really dealt with. So parents that did love me but never faced their problems ended up having their problems transfer onto me and to my sister. And so by the time I'm 13 years old, um, I'm in a household that's full of dysfunction. Uh, we're becoming strangers to one another. There's lots of um, fear, misunderstanding. Um, a household that uh, I should have been raised in, um, worshiping and honoring uh, 1 Corinthians 13.13, 13, 13, um, faith, hope, and love. Abide in these three. The greatest of these is love. What my parents would have hoped to give me um, Instead, I ended up getting a household full of lies, a household full of manipulation, a household full of pain and anger. And in my free time, I found a friend called depression. And so this is how I came into manhood. Um, by the time I'm 16 years old, I find alcohol, and I find out that it numbs the turmoil that's in my soul. And further progress with that, I found drugs. And I found that numbed the turmoil in my soul. And so that's how I grew into manhood and came into life. I never faced my problems. I ran away from it. By the time I'm 26 years old, I become a traveler. And I think I'm chasing the next big adventure. I'm finding... The next big thing, I, uh, I've ridden elephants through jungles. I've uh, partied on private yachts. I've been partied on private islands. I lived in Bermuda. I've uh, lived uh, many different places across Canada. But I never faced what was inside of me. And uh, this past November, or actually not this past November, that's an update, uh, November uh, 2017, um, an ambulance and a police car pulled up to my RV. I was living in Tofino, British Columbia at the time. I was surfing four or five days a week, and uh, I was miserable. I couldn't stand looking in the mirror anymore, and I tried to take my life. And these uh, response uh, people saved me, took me to an emergency psych ward where I was there for at least a week, I was uh, highly medicated and I was uh, stuck in a corner for at least two days just shaking back and forth before I could start starting to grasp reality again. From there, it was decided that I would come into the Teen Challenge program. 
Um, I really didn't have any hope left. I didn't want to live anymore. And so coming into this program, I kind of made an agreement with God um, that I would give him a year. And uh, best decision I ever made. Um, before coming into Teen Challenge, I didn't want to get up in the morning. And now I get up and I got hope. Um, I had to f- deal with a lot of the problems that I uh, ran away from since being in the program. But in doing so, I found out that there is a, a Heavenly Father out there that's actively involved in my life daily. Uh, and that He loves me. And that I can't even perform for that love. He just loves me. And He's forgiven me. I'm happy to look in the mirror now. Um, I'm okay with the face that looks back at me. And uh, I'm happy to serve for the kingdom now. Matthew 6.33 says, uh, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Um, I seek these things now, and they are being added to me daily. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for this program. It saved my life. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Paul. And the one of the highlights for me working at Teen Challenge is uh, once the student's gone through the 12 months, they graduate Teen Challenge, and it's not the highlight that they move on, some maybe, uh, but the, the celebration with them, but we could celebrate uh, completion of a program, what God has done, and certainly Paul's not the same man as he was 12 months ago, and uh, he graduates in a couple weeks from now. At uh, the end of January, he gets to graduate with three other gentlemen from the program who came in about a year ago, and so we could celebrate with him, so congratulations in advance on a uh, one year that has not been easy for you, uh, but as you mentioned, it's been the best decision in your life, and I think it's certainly paid off, and we're certainly proud of uh, the work that you've put into it on your end of it, and God certainly blessed you for it, and we're very proud of you, and thanks for sharing with us one last time as a student. Thank you. This time I'm going to ask Cole to join me on stage. All right, so you can use this mic over here, gentlemen. Here's them so we don't get crossed over here. So, uh, Cole, how old are you, and where are you from? I am uh, 21 years old, and I'm from Provost, Alberta. Alberta. So you're missing home? So much. So much. <laughs> Does coming here this morning kind of help out a little bit? Yep. First thing I seen up here was a Chevy, so I was like, nice. Nice. <laughs> Pulling home some, some pickup trucks and some, some cowboy boots. We even saw, like, a cowboy hat. Where are you? We saw a gentleman wearing a cowboy hat. There you are back there. Yeah, so he was sizing up your hat like, hey, he feels at home. So thank you for helping Cole feel more at home oh, like this morning. Like, see it. It's right there. It was awesome. Nice. So Cole, can you share with us a little bit about what life was like for you growing up as a kid? It was pretty busy. Um, always moving around. Dad worked in the oil patch, so we were never in the same spot more than a couple months. Um, grew up playing hockey, doing kid stuff, getting in a lot of trouble. What life was like growing up as a kid? Yeah, it was, um, sometimes it was pretty hectic. Um, and parents ended up getting divorced when I was four, so that they split up. Um, yeah, it was always something on the go, just something always happening. Okay, and do you remember how old you were when you first kind of got into drugs or alcohol? My first beer, I was 13, my dad. Okay. Yeah. And uh, where did the snowball, like, wh- what was your rock bottom moment leading to, you know what, I need, I need help, I need Teen Challenge? I think 
there's more than one instance. Um, the, the biggest pivotal point in my life is when I was 17 years old, I dropped out of high school and started working service rigs. And from there, I started getting into hard drugs before I even smoked weed. So it was kind of a bass effort situation. Mm -hmm. It was really confusing point in my life because I didn't really know what I wanted. And yeah, just lots of drugs and alcohol. But I think the part where um, I, th I knew I needed help is I was in a uh, accident this spring, I guess, and I almost died because of it. And I didn't really think too much of it because I was pretty drunk at the time. But the next morning I woke up and I asked my uncle and he's like, yeah, this happened. I was like, oh, wow. So it was a big reevaluation point in my life. And um, my stepdad, one of his friends, actually completed Teen Challenge in Calgary. And they told me about this place, and I told them to sign me up. Nice. So you've been here about four months now. What has been the biggest challenge for you in Teen Challenge? Hmm. I'm going to have to say being in a house with like 30-some other guys. No personal time. Nope. Yeah. You think your sister or brother's annoying? No. <laughs> Come on, Doug's not annoying, is he? No. We have we have some pretty good laughs in Gideon, I must say. All right. We often ask those guys, what's the what's the worst thing, the best thing? And usually the answer is the same thing. The 40, 50 other guys. We are a 52-bed facility, and our numbers vary. Uh, right now we're mid-40s. And so, yeah, that does bring a lot of challenge at times, doesn't it? Uh, what would you say has been the biggest blessing for you? What's been the best thing? Again, the brothers, you always have support whenever you're feeling down. You know, you can, it doesn't matter who it is if you don't talk to them at all or it's pretty much your first time talking to them. They just, they always support you. It's very, very supportive. Everyone's in the same boat. They all know what you're going through, especially being an induction. Everyone's gone through it. So they always have advice for you. And sometimes you're going to hear the same thing four or five times a day, but you need to hear it. So, hmm. okay. Uh, so he mentioned being an induction and in month four. So in Teen Challenge, we have three different phases. We have the, and they're in four month increments. First phase is the induction phase, kind of getting to the root issue of why are you in Teen Challenge, the root issues of your addiction. The next four months, which Cole is about to enter in a couple of weeks, is the uh, training phase, kind of the nuts and bolts of the program, really digging deep into, into God's word and recovery. And then the last four months is the exit. The uh, transition phase, where you're working on an exit plan, where are you going to go when you leave Teen Challenge, where, where are you going to work, do we need to help you with schooling, where are you going to live, where is your church going to be, accountability, mentorship, those type of things. So you're just getting ready to enter the training phase. Uh, so you have some time to think about this yet, but have you given thought about what happens when you leave Teen Challenge? What's your plan at this moment? Uh, my plan after Teen Challenge is, actually, I've started the enlistment process into the Canadian Armed Forces, so I'm going to follow through with that. Really excited about it. And... Yeah, depending on what, I might be taking up mechanics. I know I was thinking of taking EOD courses so I could go and blow stuff up. That'd be cool. Nice, that sounds cool. Makes my job sound kind of boring next to that. Uh, and last thing for you, Cole, do you have a favorite verse you'd like to leave with us? Not tonight, sorry. Oh, okay, no worries. No. Okay, thanks, Cole. I, we can grab your mic here. And uh, if we have time for one more, let's bring up Doug. Doug, come share what God is doing in your life.
I wanted to wear that gray shirt today. That's usually my going out shirt. But God's like, no. Today you're going to wear the Hawaiian shirt. And I know there's a reason why. I'm going to leave that with me and God. But what I need to share right now. Zechariah 4.7. What are you, O great mountain of obstacles before Zerubbabel, who will rebuild the temple? You will become a plain. And he will bring out the capstone of the new temple with loud shouts of grace, grace to it. God put on my heart to look up grace in Hebrew. So I looked it up. And lo and behold, it means decrease to increase. And then it refers to a tent. So I'm like, God, what does that mean to me right now? And it's like, well, Jesus decreased so that you could increase because you're the earth tent. It's just like, oh, God, you're awesome. You're so cool. Man, God's doing a lot in my life right now, I'll tell you. And as I was worshiping with everybody here, he put a few things on my heart. I like to share my heart. Wherever I go, I share my heart. I did this on New Year's night. My brother asked me, I want you to speak to open up the new year. I said, sure, done. Wherever I go, I'm comfortable, right? Because I know I don't have to do anything at all. It's already done. So a couple of things that came up. I read a conference that you're having here. And something that really stuck out was following in the spirit of the radical reformers, we want our focus to be on the person of Jesus Christ and to live in ways that draws others to Christ. Amen. I like it. In the song, I am saved by your grace alone. My past, I'm a Windsor guy, so just down the road. This is all going to tie in. This is in order. I promise. It's God's promise. I was all about performance. I had to do things a certain way. I had to have the good job, the right clothing, and with all the new stuff. God put me in a spot where it was very obvious that that stuff was not important. I died. Literally died. Three days I was dead in the hospital. When I woke up, I was restrained. I was fighting. I don't remember, but I remember waking up fighting. It means a lot to me now because I learned about God when I was in jail. And I was so skeptical on God, not only God, but what is the power of God? I saw a man who was healed of testicular cancer. The result came back clean. That's God, 100% God. I saw a young man who could not read at all, like completely illiterate, in our Bible study, opening up his Bible publicly, reading after two weeks. Perfect reading in public. I could go on and on. I'm going to share the one more thing that was just a, you got to be kidding me. In jail, we had a judge, a very well-known judge, walk in, participate in a Bible study we were doing on lamentations. Lamentations. Are you kidding me? God is too cool. I get out of jail and God puts on my heart, come the teen challenge. I'm like, well, why? I already know the Bible. So... Mark says the best and the worst thing is the guys. A lot of the guys say that. I'm at the part where the best thing is the guys because I know my identity in Christ and it really doesn't matter if somebody's doing something that's 
oh, sinning or whatever it is that God's got them on their journey because what matters is me and my relationship with him. So why am I so concerned about that? Am I a product of my circumstances or am I a son? And that's my focus today is being a son. What God's got for me now, not working at Chrysler as a day shift manager, not having the best clothes. If God wills it, he's got me working in a neighborhood in Windsor that is very raw. In my bed, I sit up, I look out my window, and on the street corner, there's a woman routinely there that I know very well, selling herself to feed her addiction. Down the street, there are multiple drug houses where many people have died of overdoses. Down the corner, there's a church. And in that church, they welcome everybody. In that church, they don't care if you have just soiled yourself because that happens routinely. They don't care if you're getting high because that happens routinely in that neighborhood. They care about sharing the love of God and winning more. As your brochure here said, following in the spirit of radical reformers, we want our focus to be on the person of Jesus Christ. That's what their focus is, sharing the gospel to all people. I was cleaning up at the New Year's night at the church, and there was a half-smoked joint on the ground. I just prayed. It's like, Father God, they don't know you. That's why they do that. And it hit me. It's like, wow. It's so not about all these things. It's about my relationship with people and sharing my heart. And I don't normally prepare something like this. I usually have a few points. But today, God made a point to share my heart. And grace, grace to it. That means a lot to me today. Because if it wasn't for his grace, I would have no relationship with him. And I would not be able to be up here and share with you. The last thing I'm going to share about is overcame. That's a joke that we had. And there's a lot of the guys, and this is how that we can authenticize here God's true word. We had a joke where overcome. It's like, no, bro, it's already done. He overcame. So Cole knows about this. That was when a guy is having a hard time, we don't mock the Bible. We don't use it as a joke, but we use it as a way to help that person and teach that person to get into their Bible and know what it's saying. And I talked with a few people here. You got to hear my heart before, and I welcome anybody. As we're hanging around for a bit afterwards, if you want to hear more about my heart, hear what God's done in my life, this is a very brief portion. I'm welcome to share any of what's gone on in my life with everybody in here. I hope we all have an excellent day filled with many blessings of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Cole. Thank you, Paul, for sharing. It's not easy standing up. Well, it's not easy public speaking anyway for most people, but to stand in front of a, of a group of people who are strangers to you and for the first time ever to bear your soul and bear your heart and bear some of the, uh, just be vulnerable in front of people with your past, not easy. So I commend you three for doing so. And there's another song we sang this morning. You mentioned songs, Doug. And uh, we overcome by two things, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. It was Revelation 12, and so that's part of your recovery as well, and sharing what, yeah, this is a part of who you used to be, but that's not who you are anymore. This is what God, through his grace, is doing through you. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening. And would you pray for these three men as they continue their journey? Uh, pray for Paul as he's about to graduate. Uh, 
Doug graduates in March, I believe it is, and Cole used to have a ways to go. Would you pray for these three men on the journey that God will continue to do great things in them and through them and reveal his character to them as they continue in our program? So before we close this morning, you've heard the stories, you've heard of, of why Teen Challenge is so needed, the epidemic in our community. You've heard what Teen Challenge is doing. You see the fruit of Teen Challenge. You know Roberto. You've seen what, you, you know a person has gone through it, is doing well. You've seen the fruit of Teen Challenge. So now as we close, just a few practical ways that you can get behind Teen Challenge and support if the Lord would put that upon your heart. Please know from the outset, uh, your, 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 your commitment has to be to this church, what you're doing through this church and ministry, through your tithes and offering. Please keep giving to this church as you continue to do so. And if there are other organizations that you're currently giving to, please, unless God clearly tells you to do so, please don't stop giving uh, over here to give to us. But we're here to explain some ways that you can get behind us. And if one of these uh, fits where you're at right now or down the road, these are just some ways you can get behind us in support. I should point out from the outset that Teen Challenge is a non-for-profit organization. Uh, we do not receive any government funding for our programming. And when a student comes to Teen Challenge, we, we charge them $100 to apply. And then once accepted, we charge them $1,000. So it's $1,100 for a one-year worth of room and board, food, programming, counseling, education, uh, travel, transportation, gas, heat, lights, et cetera, et cetera. And so it costs money to, to run the program, but we want to make it, we don't want cost to become a barrier. A lot of uh, government-run programs will cost you $10,000 for a month, easy. Uh, that's kind of cheap, really. A lot of times $20,000, $30,000 for a you know, four-week program. So we want it to be affordable, but enough of a buy-in that shows there's a commitment level of some, some sort that I commit and buying in to this. So we look to churches and communities and individuals to help uh, provide 14 challenge that we can keep the doors open and provide beds open for as many men who need it. And one of the ways you can do so is through our vehicle donation program. If you have a vehicle that you'd like to donate, let's say it doesn't run well at all, it's up on blocks, someone took the tires, you don't know where the tires are and just need to get rid of this thing, we'll take it. We'll come to your place, we'll pick it up from you, give Teen Challenge a call or go online, teenchallenge.ca, look at the tabs there where it says donate, donate a car, you can fill out the information there and then we'll come pick it up. You get a minimum tax receipt of $400, uh, but you will get the wholesale value of your car. Let's say you have a vehicle that runs well. You're just looking to trade it in on something different. Uh, you can you can donate that, that to Teen Challenge. Again, we'll come pick it up from you, bring it back to Teen Challenge. You'll get a tax receipt for the wholesale value of that vehicle. Uh, some of the students in the work therapy, I mentioned earlier, they'll do some minor work on the vehicle as far as uh, just a bit of cleaning up, detailing it, making it shiny and spiffy again, and we'll turn it over for resale. Or if it's going to uh, just being recycled, some of the guys will take care of the recycling bits, take out the catalytic converters, et cetera, et cetera. So the guys get to work on the vehicles a little bit, and the vehicle gets turned over for resale. So we get the, the funds back to the program for the resale of the vehicle, and you get a tax receipt, and the students get some experience working on the car. So it really is a wonderful way of supporting Team Challenge. So if you do have a vehicle you'd like to donate, please call that number there. We have some numbers at our table as well, a little magnet you put in your fridge. And so give Team Challenge a call, and you can donate your vehicle. The second way you can do so, and it was mentioned earlier, is through our sponsorship program. And on the way in this morning, you would have received from Paul a change of life brochure. And then that outlines our monthly sponsorship program. For $40 a month, you can sponsor uh, us monthly, and you can stu sponsor a student in our program. And if you sponsor a student today, you get a card like Doug. Doug's is out there. Uh, Paul's not sponsored right now because he's about to graduate. And Cole is just about ready for sponsorship, but his card's not prepared yet. But there are other students out there. You can take a student like this home if you sponsor. Uh, if you sponsor, leave the information with us. You can take a story card home with you. It's their picture, a little bio of who they are, their birth date's on there, 
Uh, throughout the, their year in the program, you receive a couple updates on their journey, things that are going well, ways you can rejoice with them, well, ways that you can pray for them, that's some things they need prayer for, and you receive an invitation to their graduation at the end of the year. You can come celebrate with them what God's doing. Throughout the year, you can send them, although not mandatory, you can send them encouraging notes to encourage them along the way. This is not easy. Uh, I think virtually every student has a time in their life where they feel like giving up, feel like quitting, feel like leaving the program because it's hard. And a note from a sponsor comes at a timely moment to encourage them. We're praying for you, encouraging you. And you can send them a birthday card, Christmas cards. You can send them their favorite card, which is the Tim Hortons card. Send that there as well. And uh, it's so much more than a $40 a month to offset the cost of the program. It is an internal investment into their life, partnering with them, journeying with them along the way with them. So sponsorship, you can do that once they graduate. You'll receive another student in the mail. Keep sponsoring them. And it's an ongoing $40 a month uh, commitment until you tell us that you've had enough. But sponsorship is one way you can certainly get behind Team Challenge. And if God would put that upon your heart this morning, we would appreciate that. Thank you as well for the uh, offering you're about to receive for us, the one-time uh, donation. We certainly appreciate what you're able to give there uh, as God puts that upon your heart. But we also know this morning that uh, not everybody has a car to donate. Not everybody has $40 extra a month kicking around that you can uh, donate to a cause like Teen Challenge. Uh, not everybody this morning is even able to drop any money into an offering. But something that you can all do this morning, and it does just require a little bit of time, let's pray. And certainly we need your prayers as much as the rest. Would you pray for us? Would you pray for these three minutes I mentioned? Would you pray for us as staff? Would you pray for prospective students that are currently on our waiting list or in the application process? Those who are not currently in process, would you pray for those unknown ones? God knows who they are. That God will continue to put on, on people's hearts to come to Teen Challenge and open the doors for people to come into the program. And so would you pray that God would, God would just continue to provide for these guys, provide for us, and it is really his ministry. And, uh, but if you're able to get behind us in any way, one of those ways, uh, certainly uh, just do as you're led to do so. We also have volunteer opportunities. We're about an hour and 45 minutes to the center. We're just in Lambeth. So volunteering is something you're able to do. If it's once a week, once a month, just sporadically, whatever, we do have opportunities for you as well. So many ways to get behind Team Challenge, if God would put that upon your heart. Just lastly, before I close in prayer this morning, and anything I've confused you about, I tend to talk fast. I'm from Newfoundland originally, and so I tend to kind of speak fast. And knowing we have a time time limit and get so much in, I, I do send, speak fast. So if I confused you, left anything out, please do see us at the table afterwards and way out. We're sticking around for a bit. We'll be glad to speak with you. Our gentlemen will be glad to speak with you. And again, we're just so glad we can come and share with you this morning. But I, I love this quote, and it's from Don Wilkerson. He's the brother of David Wilkerson who founded Teen Challenge, and it's Hope Lives Here. Freedom is found here. Changed lives leave here. And that's really what Teen Challenge is about. And uh, these men are living that out. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come this morning, Pastor, and share. And uh, let me close in prayer as the worship team comes this morning. And so, Father, you are good. We thank you for this opportunity we've had to come and share what you are doing through Teen Challenge. We thank you for the many changed lives in the past 60 years who have come and gone and left Teen Challenge. And Lord, some have come through Teen Challenge and gone on and still struggle. Many more have come through Teen Challenge and live productive, successful lives. And many have gone on from Teen Challenge to become pastors themselves and missionaries and preach gospel all over the world and many different things. So we thank you for your ministry. We thank you for what you do. We thank you for these three men that come this morning, for Paul and for Cole and for Doug. We pray you continue to work in their life miraculously. We thank you for this church in Leamington. We thank you for their hearts. We thank you for positioning them in this part of, of Leamington. We pray, Lord, for the ministry that they do in this community. 
Lord, may this church continue to be a lighthouse, a beacon of hope to those that are hopeless. To those that walk around in darkness, may they see a great light. May Jesus Christ shine from here. We know, Lord, this church is not a building. It's the people who make up the church. So as your church, as people that come to this building, as they, separate, as they go separate ways today and this week, be it through the homes, be it to work, be it family, be it school, Lord, we pray that you'd, you'd bless them and you'd create ministry opportunities for them in the community to share the hope of the gospel. We thank you, Lord, for the pastor and the leadership here. We may you continue to give them wisdom and strength and health and vision, Lord, so that this church can continue to grow up uh, into the image of Jesus Christ. And so we thank you uh, again, once again, for your goodness, for your grace to us, your love and mercy and strength and all these things. We pray your blessing upon this brand new year. This is the first Sunday in a new year. We pray your blessing upon this year in this assembly, in this community of Leamington. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.